This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, Natalie Jennings. Natalie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Well, before we find out what you're doing today, if you would, could you please tell me what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was a kid, I really wanted to be a cartoonist for Disney. I loved... I loved visual art. I was always drawing. I was always had a little Polaroid camera. I was always taking pictures. Um, I just really liked anything to do with visual art. And of course, Disney movies were really big at that time. It was like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, and all of those were coming out. So I was I was pretty obsessed with cartoons. It's funny because I think kids today would say the same exact thing, except it would be a you know, a digital artist, not a cartoonist, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the way the direction things went. And at the time, I remember being really intimidated by computers because it was the late 80s, early 90s, and it really wasn't a thing yet. So I, uh, I felt like there wasn't a lot of room for just pencil and paper artists. And I think that's where my interest sort of waned a little bit. And, and I changed direction, which is kind of funny. Right. That is kind of funny. Well, what was your first real job? One where you felt like you had some responsibilities and you wanted to perform well? I was a babysitter when I was a kid my I'm I have one sister and she's eight years younger than me and when I was 10 I was first allowed to watch her for short periods of time and then you could take this babysitting class that was down (laughs) like I don't know at the community center or something so I started babysitting like some of the neighbor kids and uh yeah that's when I sort of felt like kind of a a grown-up even though now I look back and I was so very young at the time yeah you want to make sure when your parents come home your sister is still fine right yeah (laughs) <laughs> yep. Well, what was one of your favorite subjects or hobbies while in school? Well, I always loved uh, music and art and anything sort of in the arts. I loved English class, too, because I was a big reader. I still am. Um, so reading and music and anything to do with art. So that was sort of the way I leaned. Wow. OK, so it sounds like your entire childhood was all about the arts, either were cartooning or photography or anything. So if you would, tell us, what do you do today? Today, I am a professional photographer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the things, the stars aligned. You became what you wanted to be when you were a little kid, right? I did. I did. Well, now, if you would, tell us, how did you achieve that? Like, take us from your time being a babysitter to some of your first jobs and when you were able to pick up that camera for the first time and realized, hey, this could be a, a, an actual career for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I did my undergraduate in English Lit, and I played music that whole time all through college, and um, I really wanted to be a teacher also. That was kind of always woven in there, and I ended up going to grad school and um, becoming a high school English teacher, and I taught inner city high school English for a few years, but I just felt really drawn to the art still and really um, I don't know I was it, photography was taking up my time in my spare time and I was still drawing a lot and it was sort of the time when people I'm sure you remember this when people started having their own blogs and websites it was like a whole new thing and and um, I realized that I didn't have to have a studio I didn't have to necessarily leave my teaching job I, I could do this thing and and find clients on the internet <laughs> so I started um, 
doing senior photos for some of the students that I was teaching. I was doing inner city um, teaching at the time, so it was helpful for them because, um, as you know, photography can be really expensive, and it just sort of grew into this this thing, and eventually I realized that um, I could leave my job and um, do photography full-time, which, which really suits my personality. Um, I'm a pretty free spirit, and I like to travel, and I like to do a lot of things that I wasn't able to do as a teacher. So walk me through that, because that is a really difficult jump you made, you know, going from, <laughs> from being a full-time teacher to a full-time photographer, and it sounds like, obviously, you know, you started, like, melding the two by doing senior photos, right? And then did it just continue to increase from there? Is that correct? Yeah, it did. And I put a lot of time and effort into practicing and studying the craft and not just the craft of photography, but I became kind of obsessed with like how to have a really good blog and how to create my own website and how to run a business and how to get clients. It just you know, running your own business is really multifaceted and there's a ton of stuff that you have to know. And not having a business background, I was just diving in head first. And when I wasn't teaching, I was practicing and learning and practicing and learning. And it was really a product of just being kind of mildly obsessed with it. Like it just felt good. And it was something that held my interest. And even though I really enjoyed teaching, um, it just kind of took over. And I also realized probably because I've been doing art for, you know, my whole life, I re- it came easily to me. Um, people liked my photos, people wanted to hire me. And so everything just sort of came together, especially like I said, at that time when I realized I didn't need a studio in order to be a professional photographer, which back in the day, you used to sort of have to have a place to, to meet people. And um, now that I was online, I could do it anywhere. Now, how did you build that base? So obviously, it was the high school kids initially. Did you just continue within that school? Or did it expand outside of that school to other schools? How did you build your base? And then at what point did you realize now's the time to make the jump? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, really, it was having an online presence. I started blogging regularly and started understanding the intricacies of proper blogging technique. And my SEO, my search engine optimization ranking just sort of slowly grew in uh, the Minneapolis area. So people were starting to find me organically online. And I started shooting weddings. So um, I made that jump after after uh, shadowing a couple of professional wedding photographers a few times and just, you know, paying attention to what other folks in the space were doing. And I started I started going to wedding fairs, which cost a little money to get into, but those were sort of the places that I found my very first clients. And then, of course, word of mouth, I actually shot my very first wedding was a coworker, a teacher that I worked with at the high school. Um, and so I just sort of branched out from there, really focused on weddings more than the, the senior portraits. Um, and that's what I was advertising. That's what I was blogging. And it just started to grow. Now, what do you focus on today? And what is your typical work week like? I used to ask day and now I ask week. And for you, it might have to be month because yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're event oriented. So if you could tell, kind of tell us what do you focus on today and what your typical week or month? Sure. Yeah. So Jennings Photo is now a studio. It's not just me. I have four associates that shoot for me. Um, and I, we focus still on weddings and family portraits, which is sort of a big um, niche in the photography industry these days. And then um, myself, I've branched out into um, personal branding and some ad and commercial photography. And, and that's really a, a product of people being on Instagram more and and Facebook and all these places where, where folks that are in business want a collection of photos of themselves, especially if they're a personal brand and showing a lot of their own face. They want a variety of really good photos to post to Instagram and stuff like that. So on the average 
month. I, um, I'd say we shoot two or three weddings. I'm usually doing a handful of personal branding sessions, some family sessions. And then um, in between all of that, I'm editing and, and running the business and setting up new sessions. And then I have a podcast called the Photo Business Help Podcast. Um, and that, that's a space where I help photographers who want to do what I'm doing. And we have a private Facebook group and I also have a couple of courses. So I do some coaching and, and that kind of thing. So I kind of circled back and became a teacher again. That's funny how that works. And that's a great way to set it up because you're giving back to folks who want to be a photographer by helping them and be creating your own material and all sorts of stuff. That's really cool and exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you're an educator student, you can search for podcast by career cluster. So we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up, which was something in the arts and what you do today, which is something in the arts. So that's really cool. That doesn't happen often. So looking back, what would you do differently? Uh, it, you know, I'm thinking about this question and I think I would just not take myself so seriously. Honestly, I, 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 there are so many directions life can take you. There are so many jobs out there and career opportunities and possibilities that you don't even know exist when you're sitting there thinking about what, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And I think we stress ourselves out with this question, particularly in high school and college when we're asked to focus so precisely. And I, I see a lot of people getting really stressed out about that question. And I was one of them. And I felt like it was like I had to make this choice and that was it. And and um, I think I would just relax a little bit about it and listen to what really lit me up and, and, and sort of follow that and not stress about how it was going to all turn out. It's so funny you say that because I hear that more and more from my guests about looking back, what would I do differently? And it would be just that. I'd kind of relax. i kind of explore some more and I'd experience new things. So uh, it's great to see that that is a constant theme that it seems students really need to here nowadays. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think I would add to that even and say, don't be afraid to change your mind. You know, I, I went to graduate school. I have the student loans from that experience and, and I enjoyed my teaching career, but I also really enjoy my photo career. So I don't think, I don't think there's um, a problem with changing your mind either. Right. Yeah. Well, let's make the assumption someone in our audience wants to do what you do to be a professional photographer. What advice would you give them? Well, if you'd like to be a professional photographer, I certainly think the first step to take is finding a way to get your hands on a camera. And it does not have to be an expensive one by any means. It can just be your phone. Um, anything that you can use to start practicing and just like anything like speaking a language or playing an instrument, uh, practice really is. It's the redundancy of doing the same thing where you start to develop skills um, in addition to the basic ones. So once you kind of have a handle on your camera, you're not thinking about that anymore and you can think about composition and light and all of these other things. So I would start with the practice portion and then finding photographers that really inspire you um, and not necessarily in the field that you're interested in. I started really passionately in the wedding photography space, but the photographers that I was inspired by were not wedding photographers. They they did a lot of documentary stuff and a lot of other things that um, inspired me to do my job differently. So I think inspiration is the next step. And then if you feel comfortable with your, your camera or you just want to kind of see what it's like, reach out to photographers that are established and ask if you can shadow, ask if you can carry their bag around at their next uh, you know, gig. And hopefully someone will, will let you in and, and help you out with that. And then I guess finally would be finding some social media platforms. I have a Facebook group and there are a 
lot of groups where people are constantly asking questions and it's a really, really good place to learn because you can ask any question that you have and there's usually a, a lot of really helpful answers. And, and I think that's a really good place to get started. Wow, that's really great advice. Well, are there any current projects you're working on, working on that you would like to share? Well, I, the big one this year, um, a few months ago, I launched uh, Photo Business Help, which is a podcast that helps photographers who uh, are looking to become or helps people that are interested in photography become professional photographers and start start photo businesses. So that is the biggest project and that um, there are a couple of courses in the works around that. I would say that, that that's a big one if people want to check it out. Awesome. And we'll have all the links available in this post. So thanks for that. Sure. Well, you just took us on your awesome career journey. And as with most journeys, success largely depends on reliable transportation. So I'm a huge car enthusiast. We don't know each other, but could you please tell me what was your first car? My first car was a, a 1994 Volkswagen GTI stick shift. Whoa, that's a very nice car. Yeah, yeah. Now, was that your choice? Did you inherit it? What happened? It was. It was. Well, a friend was selling it. I was living in Hawaii at the time because that's where I went to school. And um, it was like a perfect mix of a beach car and I could afford it. And I've always really liked ha- like hatchbacks. So I thought, it was, I thought it was really cool. Can't imagine there's a lot of 1994 GTIs on Hawaii, but that's a good thing you found that car that's awesome yeah it was really fun it was fun well what's your dream car if you have one gosh i used to really also be into cars and i really like classic cars a lot but as i sort of i don't know as time goes by i keep thinking that someday it would be awesome to have sort of like a hatchback tesla or something like i have a i have a gti right now again and oh, i nice. just I think that that sort of shape and style really suits what I do well because I can load all my, my gear into the back easily and, and not take up too much space in a city. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> well, one great perks to some jobs is a company car. So if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to buy you a really cool company car based on your job. And, you know, I was thinking more from the aspect of what car could you just take a million pictures of? I wasn't thinking oh. of which car would be the best for loading camera equipment, which was a better question. So the car I picked out for you is a very rare and special car. I picked for you a 1970 Volkswagen Beetle. Those are very common. This one is not. But this is the one called the Casa Linda Lace by Rafael Esparzanza Parito. And so what this is, is this is an entire VW bug that's been made out of wrought iron adornment. So you can see through the whole bug. It is like this amazing wrought iron artwork that was done for the 1968 Mexican Olympics in Mexico. So that's the guy, so cool. He, Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll send you a picture of it. So there's, he made two for the Olympics in 1968, and then he made 21 more. And so they're very rare. They, you can't put camera, you know, camera equipment in the back because there's an engine there. Right. Uh, But you could take a bazillion pictures from it for a million years and still have plenty of shots to take. Well, I really like that suggestion. And I used to actually really, really love the the Beatles. So I can't wait to see that photo too. That sounds really cool. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I I put a lot of thought in these things, sometimes a little bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking us on your journey today. What's the best way our listeners can learn more about you and your company? Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, Well, my website is just Jennings.photo. Everything else is is close to that. So Instagram is at JenningsPhoto. And uh, you can also find the podcast stuff at at PhotoBizHelp. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today, Natalie. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram 
at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.